Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nace invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Nace. All right, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. And today I have a very special guest. Christy Meyer is here to share some amazing information. Uh, and some of my audience would be like, Max, thank God you've grown up and have an open mind because you might have not had this wonderful lady on your show years ago. But I'm glad she she's on. Come on. Agreed to come on as a guest. Sorry. I'm on this new diet with the wife and it's got me all flustered because it's not enough food. But anyway, well, let's get started, everybody. I'm going to have what I like to do, Christy, is have you introduce yourself to my audience, like who you are and what exactly it is you do. And then we're going to jump right in. Absolutely. Uh, my name is Christy Myers and I am the founder of Flow Integrative Ketamine. Uh, more specifically, psychedelic wellness, where ketamine is a catalyst into our own awareness. Uh, we're operated out of Encinitas, California, and we opened or I opened in 2020. So right at the height of pandemic is when uh, creation began. So I got to ask you this, because of course, I'm sure you get asked this, right? You started yeah. right at the height of the pandemic. How, what was yeah. the challenges in, in starting a business during the pandemic when the government was trying to shut us all down? Right. Uh, and that was also a driving factor. Uh, the compounding of the mental health crisis, uh, as well as it being really just brought to our awareness out loud. Uh, it was a really crucial time for me to create as my gift back to humanity uh, for the magnitude of where we are as a collective or as a society. Uh, it is really important right now that we have these tools to expand our consciousness. Uh, and part of it is the demystifying this medicine and I'm not sure where it got its wrap from uh, but that's what I'm working to diligently just create a normalcy for us to be able to talk about this medicine without a trauma response essentially from uh, the drug crisis that began uh, in the 70s. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more, right? Being a recovering addict myself, there's that stigma that just say drug addict, right? And the images people come up with, you're that guy right behind the store, you know, with uh, a needle in their arm or right. Yeah. And, you know, and we talked a little bit before we started and, and I might even have had that bias, right? Because I was new in recovery. And if you didn't do it my way or the way I was taught, right, it was wrong. But as I grew, right, and, and hopefully grew as a human being and, and realized there's other ways to get sober or whatever, right, uh, to keep that open mind. Um, but what I want to go backwards a little bit. So, like, what got you started 
Like, what were some of the challenges or, you know, just some of the things growing up where you, which led you down this path to help people? Because we know there is science out there that proves that it could help, right? Help people recover PTSD or depression or anxiety or anything like that. So what got you started on this? Right. Exactly. Alcoholism. So what got you started or what were some of the challenges that you faced that eventually you said, I'm going to help people? Yeah, and this has been a long time in the making as far as my professional accolades. Uh, I went into the fire service at 18 years old. Uh, I had a big impression made on me uh, when I was 16. Uh, There was a big fire locally where there was about 200 wildland firefighters that came into uh, a family restaurant. Uh, So just to back up a little bit, my mom put me to work waitressing at 14 uh, and that really created a work ethic it also uh, really uh, allowed me to just become really versed in human Uh, I waitressed for over 25 years Uh, I could have retired twice now from different professions and uh, I haven't hit my 50s yet (laughs) Uh, but I went into wildland fire when I was 18 Uh, really just uh, enmeshed and uh, impressed by the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the family dynamics behind it. Because just three years prior, I had lost my father to suicide. Uh, And so unknowingly where this would have led me uh, was emergency medicine. I I really found my calling. Uh, So after Wildland Fire, I transitioned to municipal fire. At that same time, I started doing the basic or the entry mechanisms for emergency medical services, becoming an EMT, and then that time grade led to becoming a paramedic. Uh, And after becoming a paramedic, uh, I then started just increasing the education behind it. Uh, So doing my undergrad and my grad, uh, it led me into the classroom. Uh, where I started teaching paramedicine, uh, eventually earning tenure in 2021 as a professor of emergency medicine. Uh, And just shortly before that, around 2016, 17, ketamine entered our drug box. Uh, And so the versatility of this medicine is something that we should all be aware of as well too. If you were to crash your car right now, and the chances of you getting ketamine as a frontline medicine from fire departments, from private ambulances is pretty good. I mean, we carry it on all the apparatus for the most part. Uh, it is contingent county by county. So uh, San Bernardino County, San Diego County, uh, all of these local areas have ketamine on the drug box. You call 911 and they're showing up with it in their bag. Uh, And again, I taught anatomy, physiology, I taught pharmacology and the theoretical side of medicine with some cardiology sprinkled in there. Uh, And so when it entered the drug box, very similarly to what you had mentioned earlier, I had my own ignorance towards it and I had no idea where that came from. the more conscious I become of my belief systems, the words that I'm using, my thought patterns and programs, uh, the more I challenge self to ask where they come from and how did it get imprinted into my mind as a belief system. 
And so in that same time frame is when I really started digging into this medicine to learn how to utilize it appropriately for us as EMS. Uh, you fast forward three years and in that time span, there was a mental health crisis that has always been there, uh, but there wasn't more of a, an awareness than when Earth and the world shut down for us to really be aware of, of the magnitude of mental health and the stigmas associated with it, especially as it pertains to our profession. Uh, it's one of those unspoken or taboo things. Uh, it is definitely making more headway uh, just acknowledging that we have mental anything, let alone uh, treating it as it's a separate entity. As the mind runs the body, but we're all uh, we're all unique and together from consciousness. Like that's the common thing in all of this is consciousness. Right. We share it collectively, and that's where. This medicine, the more I lectured on it, the more I became aware of how it impacted the limbic system and what that gave access to with the amygdala, the hippocampus, where we store trauma, how we store trauma. I mean, the limbic is the filtration system for the way we create reality. Right. And so if we have these early trauma imprints in, in not even necessarily just early trauma, but life, university, programs, the way that we see, the way that we think, the way that we believe, all of these systems. And if you're able to disengage that mechanism, it then allows you to expand your awareness in your conscious mind, which is riveting. It's something that we all should experience. Uh, and so that's where to normalize this medicine has also become the mission. Right. And I, I get what you're saying because right when I first heard about ketamine, it was always that horse tranquilizer. Right. And that, so um, the drug addict goes, Oh, if that's good for a horse, it must be really good for me. Right. Line it up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and for you sure. know, right. And it's interesting. And, and first and foremost, thank you for your service, you know, and what you do and in, in helping others, especially fire service and, and, bringing awareness with ketamine and how it can benefit instead of just right because anything people fear what they don't know right so sometimes they don't even get educated on it and they're oh it's bad right for sure right but for i sure. know for me like in in my recovery i at five years clean and sober i went into the worst depression i ever experienced in my life right and but the doctors here take this pill or take that pill and yeah. right and you know now I know because I try um, to be more holistic right and like you said be more aware so like practicing mindfulness and and using my brain more and being aware of the things I'm telling myself or others right so I can be more open and and that's happened in probably in the last four or five years where I've really tried to practice being mindful and listening to what people have to say instead of letting that judgmental brain come into the forefront and go, Oh no, you're wrong because you're not doing it my way. So, yeah. you know, I really enjoy talking to people like yourself who are really trying to educate people on other ways to get healthy or to overcome oh. a challenge like 
PTSD or anxiety or depression or addiction, alcoholism, um, right? Because when you were on the front lines, you saw it every day. Like you probably went on so many calls, you know, overdoses. And then, like you said, fast forward to um, the pandemic, right? Mm. Which hurt so many people, right? And I'm going to use the 12-step community. So, like, you're telling these people that have something that's positive, right? Now you're telling them you can't go there. And you got to shut down, right? And, And be by yourself. Yeah, they had Zoom meetings, but they weren't the same, right? Because the I always... I learned in a TED talk I watched that the opposite of addiction is connection. And I believe that now wholeheartedly. It's the reason I've stayed sober for over 19 years are the connections that I built in that community with my sponsor, of course, and other people. But now it's even outside of that because people will, you know, that are maybe not addicted will ask me, how did you stay sober? Right. And then I'll tell them, like, it's I went to meetings, you know, and I I keep in contact with like minded people. And the biggest thing is trying to help others. So that's why I'm glad you came and did the show. Right. So I'm giving you this opportunity to reach maybe some of my closed minded audience. And I'm not saying you guys are don't get mad, but right. Listen to what Christy has to uh, has to share here, because there are so many different ways to. I'm going to say it, get sober and and have a healthy, happy life. So, so when you started teaching about ketamine, what was some of the, the, the challenges you faced there? Like people going, Christy, you can't teach that, right? You're, you're telling people it's okay to take it. I'm sure you got that, right? So don't, tell my audience yeah. what that was like. And it had it has multiple facets, right? So one is that same time frame. One of my students in the front row has a sticker similar to the Netflix sticker, but it said ketamine and chill. And so instantly it's like, okay, let's have a conversation about that. Like, what do you know about ketamine? And if the answer is you don't, then what are you representing? Right. Because there's this huge piece where a lot of the students that come in well, I cancel so clear that this is not a lot, but there are students that come in that have yet to understand the magnitude of what a uniform represents. Meaning they're not mindful of those kind of stickers or what are they alluding to? And so you have this whole era of ketamine and chill. Uh, of these younger kids, and then you have myself uh, to be included in this of, we utilized it for conscious sedation. And so most of my work with ketamine was in the emergency room. And we provided it for traditionally little kids so that they we could reset bones, we could reset fractures, and we didn't have to take them to the OR. Ketamine is one of the safest drugs to use for these kind of procedurals. Uh, And then you also have, uh, I miss that era. Uh, So I was an 80s kid. I miss the era of ketamine that was never presented in high school or as an opportunity for recreational use. And so all I saw of that was the street side of it, right? But it was usually the aftermath, somebody being misled from it. Uh, And so it becomes this really interesting area of conversation because now it's only through belief systems that people have different areas of awareness. 
so leading back to that horse tranquilizer piece, right? And this medicine is extremely versatile. Like right now, Pete, there's a there's a a lot going on with people going to get antibiotics and using fish antibiotics because it's easier to go to the local animal store and purchase that because right. it has very similar properties, right? Uh, we're not separate from the main difference is we have opposable thumbs and a prefrontal cortex. Uh, the body systems have such similarity, right? We're mammals. Right. Uh, and so the recreational side, the regulations, or perhaps it's just easier to obtain this medicine from veterinarians, but ketamine R, ketamine S, those are the veterinarian sides, which is predominantly used. And so it's a different polymer chain. However, okay. ketamine ingredients are carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, and chlorine. Those are, that's what it's made of. It's what we're made of. It wouldn't work inside of our body if we didn't have a key to access it. Right. Uh, and so when we're using it for these uh, pleasures of escapism, there's an underlier of addiction, habituation, and trauma that's driving that mechanism. And so then the drug itself has this really poor reputation and not just ketamine, there's more deaths from alcohol than there is from anything. And it's normalized on every street corner and we have some outrageous deals on it. And never once at a liquor store has somebody asked you what you're planning on doing with a 36 pack. And so it's this really weird trauma bond we have with alcohol versus anything other than alcohol, right? Right. Uh, fascinating to me how we pick and choose. And so with ketamine, of course, it can be abused if that's what you choose to do. Uh, one thing I find interesting is that uh, we have this obesity crisis as well. Uh, and food is the most abused drug. And again, we're not having those conversations. Right. Like little kids with sugar. Sugar has the same abuse potential as cocaine. Absolutely. Try taking sugar away from somebody. Right? You want, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? right. <laughs> uh, and so it's just one of those things where the more you know and uh, to be able to temporarily suspend your belief systems so that you can receive information without reactivity. So that, right. that also is something that we're working on as a society. We hear a word and we just go out of this default mode network of rejection or judgment or whatever it may be rather than listening to it as is without us projecting what we think to be true, which there's 8 billion people in the world and every single one of us are creating a different reality. Right. We all have commonality, right? We all may like, or we see it in food, right? These people like this type of food. We have common things we like. Sports <laughs> is one of the biggest. Movies is the other. Right. Uh, and that's where we have common ground. But we can all watch the same thing, and all of us have a different interpretation. Reality is through the observer. And so, therefore, that's when this becomes so fascinating for us to listen, to hear, and not listen to respond. Absolutely. I, uh, well, here's the thing. Um, I always say, 
if the better you listen, the better you can respond, right? But a lot of us, and I'm guilty of it, sometimes I hear something and I just react and then I go, right? It comes out of my mouth and halfway you're like, oh, that's not what I wanted to do, right? Right? So like you said, and and a lot of the things we learn, though, as children, right, stick in the back of our brain and that's just, and we go with it. We think that's gospel, as they say, right? But we learn, like you said, if you give ourselves that chance to be open-minded and to uh, educate ourselves, right? And I, I'm getting better at I realized at 55, like, I was so wrong a lot of the times that, you know, I'd rather change and grow than be stuck, right? And But you know, I don't have to tell you, Christy, right, in this world that we're living in today, like, especially with what's going on after the pandemic and just things you see in the news, you're just like, I just go, Oh my God, like people, right. It's either one way or their way. And there's no, you know, there's no like, Hey, let's meet in the middle and see where we could be right. You know, or where we could change something common ground. Exactly. Right. That would be like being on an engine and just arguing with your crew. Like, Oh no, you're doing it my way. Nope. We're doing it. The captain's way. Nope. We're doing the engineer's way. Right. It wouldn't work. Right. Um, no. And- uh, sure. That's why we have SLPs. Right. Could you imagine if you got That's why what everyone talks about parents notoriously. They're like, where's the playbook? Right. You want to talk about one of the most uh, challenging jobs in all of the land is raising a small version of yourself. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nobody gives you a, a, like, here's your SOPs, man. Yeah. Here's all your family history. Here's some ancestral trauma. Let's lay it on this thick uh, and then good luck out there. Right. It's kind of wild when you think about it. Exactly. Especially like, when, you know, that would be nice. Right. You know, hey, baby's healthy born. Uh, dad, when when you're done over here with mom, you know, co step over here. We're going to give you this manual how to raise this baby. That yeah. Like, right, that doesn't for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been nice, right? But you know, it, oh, yeah. it doesn't happen that way. Um, so this is very for me. It's very intriguing. So let the audience know, like, you know, you've kind of given us a background. Like, what are the benefits? Right. We we heard you talk about in the ER, but like for helping someone yeah. overcome their challenges, like, how what are those? benefits that ketamine has for the individual that wants to do something different for sure uh for the listeners that have seen the movie inside out and by no means am i sponsored by them it's a brilliant movie but it depicts very beautifully what long-term memory which could also be the default mode network And so when we are developing in our minds, we have these major growth periods from birth to eight, from eight to 15, 15 to 25. And so you have these major strips of time where we get imprinted with information and we develop from the back forward as far as the circuitry and comprehension. And so when there's a life event, good, bad, or indifferent, it sears a line of remembrance. Uh, What fires together, wires together. And so if you're constantly told the same information when you're little, like we said earlier, that becomes your operating system. 
And for some, there's a lot of trauma that occurs in childhood. And you don't necessarily have an awareness or a memory of it. You just become it. So I hurt people hurt people. And so we enter this area where now that's the mechanism that's running the show. That's the unconsciousness of a default network where then we are also kind of programmed to not do what our parents did or we do better than what our parents did or we strive for this or we give our kids what we didn't have. Right. And so then it still places our focus on the environment, on the materialism, on the possessions, on the excursions or whatever that may be, with still failure to recognize that all of that comes internally. And we we don't necessarily have uh, an understanding of self. If we were to take all those things away, then who are you without all the hustle, without the bustle, without the speed and aggression, without the hurry and the worry, who are you? Uh, And so that awareness of self becomes really crucial, especially as we age. Uh, I don't don't even know in our 20s if it's a mechanism yet, right? Right. And with medicine, it allows you to become the observer of those networks. And those networks, when they're continuously put into motion over and over again for decades of time, they just play. We're 95% unconscious, Max. We only use 5% of our conscious brain. And so I pose the question, why wouldn't you want to expand your consciousness? I agree, because I heard even if we increased that to 10%, a whole different world would open up for all of us. You know what I mean? Right. Because my belief is, and this is my opinion, right. And I'm sure you agree, right. But the human brain is probably the most powerful supercomputer on this earth, right? It's what created the internet. It's what created a lot of the stuff, the technologies we see today. Right. And I mean, I like to imagine if I could increase my brain capacity, another two, three, four, five percent, like, yeah, would I be a better, I know I could be a better husband, a better grandfather, a better father, right? A better substance abuse counselor, all that stuff, right? So that's like you, I'm trying to learn other things instead of having that tunnel vision that I used to have that was like my way or the highway. But then one day it hit me though, but that's like, that's when it made me think when you said that ancestral you know, stuff, I think that's how my uncles and everybody were, right? And that's why when things between them would go sour, they wouldn't talk to each other for 10 years because they were so focused on their way and their way only, right? But then working in mental health before I actually got into the, my first five years as a counselor, I worked in the mental health field and it was always fascinating to me to watch people that were labeled mentally disabled, right? Mm-hmm. do the work, right? Yeah, they may not be, but get jobs, integrate into the community, and just become a better person. And you watch it in front of your eyes, and it's like, wow, right? They're telling Beautiful. me this. You know what I mean? They're telling me this yeah. person's disabled, and I go, sometimes I need to look in the mirror and go, because of my, you know, my prejudgments and biases, go, 
I think I'm the one that's kind of disabled because this person's just blowing me away right now. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And in all fairness, the brain named the brain. Just contemplate that for your whole life and it would lead you to all the answers, right? right? We, as human beings, create all the metrics. It's literally practicing medicine, which is truly each doctor individually is practicing. And I can tell you right now, you line up a hundred of them and you're going to get a different answer from all of them. Right. And you're also going to get this belief system that they're also correct. <laughs> uh, which is what created what we're in right now as a society. Uh, as human beings, we've given our power away to people who went to school. And those things are very helpful. However, there's a lot of fluctuation, inconsistencies, variabilities, and I'm not sure how the revenue share goes, but we also give a lot of money for answers that are more times than not an I don't know. Or everything looks good, try this pill. And it's really unfortunate that we've given our power away as a human being to people outside of ourselves who may or may not align with the same belief systems, but we've um, given them control of our health care. It's uh, interesting. I, right. And we can probably go the rest of the day into the night talking um, about that, right? Yes, because sure. you're right. And I'm so this is what I, you know, I try to read a lot of personal development, you know, to help me grow. Wish I would have done this a long time ago, but you know, it is what it is, but they say it's never too late to stop, you know, never stop learning. So yeah. you're right. I think like the human race as a whole, a lot of us have given that power up to other people just because they went to Harvard or whatever. Right. And right. like I'm coming in, I like to say in my own going, no, you know, they don't have the same experience I have. Or they don't have the same experience Christy has. So why not learn to, you know, collectively to be better human beings instead of, but like you said, I mean, we could get this, this could get political in a heartbeat, right? Oh. And that's, and yeah. uh, I hate what I see that's going on, but, you know, as a, as a veteran, I'll stand up mm -hmm. and, you know, you're not going to take away my rights because you have this agenda to control us. Anyway, mm -hmm. right? You know, Christy's got a big smile on her face. Everybody, <laughs> she knows what I'm talking about. But that's you know the mission. Mean? Yeah, uh, we're in a trauma bond with people who made up a lot of systems. It's <laughs> very Stockholmy, you know. I mean, uh, this is part of the driving force for this creation is so that we have an access point to expand our awareness. Right. of our capabilities as a species uh, and just for some context we as human beings are full of dimethyltryptyline also known as dmt dmt is a schedule one drug a schedule one drug that comes from earth and is prevalent in every human being all of us are schedule one drugs and so if they really were of word, uh, we would all be imprisoned because of the fact we are walking around as one of the most incredible molecules 
of consciousness that is embedded in all of us. Right. It's a really interesting area to research because we are the drugs that we seek outside of ourselves. A true case to that is orgasm. It's undeniable the chemicals that we create, but where we have this weird pairing, or I wouldn't, I rephrase that, it's not weird, the relationship we have to that experience comes directly from what we were taught as well. Right. Uh, so interesting how uh, sex and these things are taboo to have conversations around uh, when we have a crisis of porn addiction and it being exploited on the internet, but we're still not talking to kids about it. And that's another rabbit hole, right? But right. Uh, we we are the drugs. Uh, I would encourage everyone to research catecholamines. It's with a C. Uh, we are made of epinephrine, which is adrenaline, right. which is also a primary drug that's used in cardiac arrest and allergic reaction. Yep. We're made of norepinephrine, which is what constricts our vessels to allow us to have greater contractility. We're made of oxytocin. We're designed to have 10 hugs a day just to keep normal levels of oxytocin. Think about that for just a minute. I mean, we're not supposed to be separate from, we're built for community and consciousness. And we as the beings are full of these amazing molecules right. that we've learned how to package and sell that create a multitude of other dysregulations that require more medications. Exactly. And that's why probably I love AA so much because I'm a hugger. So like, Good. Yeah, you know what I mean? I walk in, I don't care. I hug my sponsor. Oh. I, I hug the guys at my men's meet. Yeah. I just, you know yes. what I mean? And, and, and I'll hug people I just met. You know what I mean? If they're willing to let me give them a hug. Because I know, like, you're right, it's, there's so much more to us than people really give themselves credit. You know, they, yeah. like you say, because they have been, and some of it may be not their fault because of what they were taught when they were little, right? Like, so, like, you're right, because, like, here in America, right, like, sex, you talk about it, it's like, oh, my God, right? And you go to Europe where my, I have family in Holland, right, where it's no big deal. Right. Like, OK, you know what I mean? They got commercials where they see a naked girl or guy and it's no big deal. We're here. It would be like, oh, my God, you can't show that on TV. You know what I mean? There's so much for us to learn as human yes. beings. I'm because I believe in that connection part. Right. And there's a guy that I follow. He's a you know very uh, wealthy. Right. Owns a first form uh, supplement company. Right. His biggest thing is self-improvement that's how we get back yeah. at these people that try to keep it the uh, better we can become as human beings the more we can learn the more that we just to become better human beings that's like the best revenge he says that we any of us could do for what's going on in the world today it's just try to be better sure. every day you know and like you said and you're and like you said expand our minds and be more open-minded to what like for instance, what you teach ketamine, what it can do for someone yeah. positively, right? And get, cause my mission, you know, to let, be honest with you, Christy, is to 
is to help break that stigma of alcoholism and right yeah. and addiction, right? Because not everybody I've worked with is that guy behind a store with a brown paper bag drinking, you know, can't get up because he's sitting behind the store, uh, right? Sure. It's, it's our next yeah, door neighbor. Bet. You know, yeah, it was my dad. Uh, he was a high functioning, well, what uh, presented to be until it resulted in him taking his life. Uh, he was, he drank every single day. His mom died of alcoholism. It's patterned deeply into me genetically. Uh, and I don't drink because of the fact I was all or nothing. Uh, one led to all of them. Right. Uh, and because I got up for work the next day made me think that I had uh, a different relationship as it progressed over decades. Right. Uh, I see that completely and I honor that because it is also developmental. I would never tell anyone that they must or should or uh, the greatest teachers don't tell you what to think. They tell you where to look. Right. And that's it. Uh, and when we have these uh, cycles of thinking or these patterns and programs, that network over time becomes so prevalent, so dominant that it really limits us from new access points for information. Right. Uh, like you can go to a doctor and they tell you, listen, you've got to change your diet. Well, if you are in a cycle of the way that you feed yourself or the way that you have access or, or when perhaps when you get sad, you eat or whatever it may be, those are the programs. You can hear the information all day long, but if you don't have the ability to hear it, to comprehend it, right. you can't change. Uh, or it's a bitch, right? And then you're in this push-pull battle with yourself because you know you should be doing better, but you're not doing better. Right. And then you're mad at yourself. So then it's a reason to go sabotage yourself. And then we're back in this cycle of whatever it may be. Right. And that's and different for everybody. Like you said, it could be everybody. food, right? And it's funny that you said that because it just what popped into mind. So, like, we watch our son play grandson excuse me uh play baseball on saturdays right and there was a kid that there's a kid that was on the opposite team that i was like well he's the eight i go he's got he you could tell yeah i was like he's you know he's gonna have issues if he doesn't you know what i mean and it, as a counselor like i'm thinking okay what is this kid being told yeah. that food is his drug of choice right you could tell. Yeah. And I'm like, like, I would just like to take him aside and give him a hug and say, it's going to be all right. But here, if you got an open mind, you know, I can direct you. And that's what I like. So if I don't know something, I want to be able to direct him to the people that might know better than me that, right? Because my For whole, sure. whole thing in life is to help people, help people grow. Right. And, but what I was getting at, yeah. a guy, you know, and that guy, his name is Andy Purcell. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's so to the point and right. And he's big on just going, the best revenge is becoming a better version of yourself and practicing that every day. And that's by reading books that are going to help you grow exercise. Right. And, and, and just hanging around the right people. And so what I like to ask, right, is 
you gave us so much. Like, I know my audience, if they're like me, they're going like, we need to have, you're probably going to come back because we're going to have to talk okay. more. You know what I mean? And, and because you're expanding my brain right now and you're, you're, you're actually, how do you say, you encourage me to like, um, think more, right? And that's why I love my sponsor. That's why I've had the same sponsor for 19 years, Christy, because he never told me you had to do this, this, this. He suggested he would show me the wave through his example and then go, okay, yeah. it's up to you, right? Like I didn't have to work the 12 steps. He just suggested it, right? In his own special way. And I'm glad yeah. I did it because it was some of the best work I ever did. Because now I'm here with you and we're having this great conversation about, you know, expanding our minds and, and part of that being through ketamine, that it's not this stigmatized drug where like junkies are out there using it because it's used for horses, right? You said that's a whole different strain, right? Um, and I, so I love this and you're getting me thinking on, okay, so like when I have a guest like yourself, that makes me think I'm always like, okay, what's my next book going to be like that I can learn and, and be better, right? So, but I want to ask you a couple questions, right? That I love to ask my guests before um, we get into how people can get a hold of you and learn from you and and get educated. So, I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness, right? So, I like to ask you on this journey, you had to be fearless. So, what does that mean to you? What does fearless mean to you, and how does that show up in your life today, Christy? Trust. Uh, I trusted in this wholeheartedly that I stepped in alone as I crossed this river of change. And I say alone as a, an adult with both of my kids under my wings. Uh, I'm a single mom of two. And there came a point where I had to choose my previous life as a professor or to move flow forward to truly change the paradigm of how we work with mental health. Uh, and there was so much trust in the unknown that <laughs> uh, it still gives, it still sends energy through my whole body when I think of the magnitude of this giant trust fall into the unknown with the support system being my belief system because I was the only one that uh, there's quotes around it right sometimes you have to go for something that no one else can see uh, and that's truly this to trailblaze and to create I built a medical practice for psychedelic wellness uh, last year, we made history by becoming the first clinic in the world with psychedelic insurance. Uh, this is one of the most riveting and revolutionary opportunities to truly present all of my life's work to the world as a means to an end to help reduce suffering. Absolutely. And that's good to know, right? Because now I have someone to go to like, hey, Christy, I have this patient or this client that really needs what you are doing. Um, right. And it's, it's so amazing, right? You, you just, will we ever become fearless? I always say no, not always, right? But we'll fear less 
if we do what Christy just said, right, and take that leap of faith, not knowing where it's going to go, because that's how a lot of the greats did it, right? And that's how they became successful, right? They, you know, and I liken that to the story where Edison's right hand man took off from where he lived, right, by himself, got on a train, jumped off, right, walked up to Edison's office and told Edison, I'm going to be your right-hand man one day, but I'll do whatever you need me to do. And he basically started as a janitor, but he took that leap of faith like you are, right? And now it's, if you're listening, audience, you got no excuse, right? Like, come on, Christy's like basically telling you how to do this, right? It's just take those steps, keep your mind open and, and keep going. And that leads me into my next question, right? Because being a single mom, creating this whole new thing, right? So I, happiness, right? My book is Fearless Happiness, but I took the I out and I replaced it with why. So knowing I put a why in there, what does happiness mean to you? And how does that show up in your life? <laughs> I, I mean, you're happy. <laughs> right? I love that. Yeah. Uh, it truly is the self-mastery. Uh, as cliche as that may sound, every single day I strive to be a better version of who I was yesterday. Uh, and my mantra is that I'm not obligated to be the same person I was even five minutes ago, which allows permission to continuously evolve who I am and how I present myself to the world. Uh, this truly is one of those things where you're always in creation, which then allows you to uh, fine tune if something's not working. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's yeah. where I find happiness, right? When you're in that uh, fine tuning place, right? Because, yes. right, we know happiness true really is sometimes fleeting. But when you're doing what you described, that's where you find the joy and that's what's lasting, right? That's why I put the why there because, you know, and I tease my guests and they tease me, right? Yes, I spelled it wrong for a reason, but I did it for a reason. It's because I tell like the clients I work, you have everything you need to be great today. It's right in here. That's why I put the why there. It's you, right? You just have to learn how to tap into that and just keep going and don't let it you know, get you down when you fail, fail forward, right? At least you're doing something that someone else goes, I'm not going to do that, right? And you said it perfectly, right? Pretty much in a sense, you said, do be willing to do the things that nobody else has done and or even ourselves, right? And and try something new and go put yourself out there to the universe and, right? You know what I mean? Uh, Oh, yeah. The universe and I have chats often <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> for yeah. sure yeah uh, yeah it's real. i love it right because i have that conversation if some people heard me talk to god the way i do they'd be like man i'm surprised he hasn't struck you with lightning i go why well, just talk to him like the old days like a homeboy like hey i know he's listening he's not gonna get mad at me right he's just gonna be glad that i'm talking to him right or whatever you believe in but that's for yeah. me so I really appreciate those, right? So this will lead me into if someone wants to work with you or they need to find you, how do they find you, Christy? You can go to our website. It's flowintegrative.com. 
Uh, you can also search for Flow Integrative Ketamine. You can email us directly at hello at flowintegrativeketamine.com. Uh, and we also have social coming up. So that will be under Flow Integrative as well, too. Uh, but you're more than welcome to reach out via the website or you can call us directly. And the number is 909-735-FLOW. Uh, the universe even had our back on that number. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. And you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, I'm getting ready to do some introductory packages to just allow you to experience our clinic before you decide to work with psychedelics. Uh, we have a really beautiful vibroacoustic therapy bed from InHarmony. Uh, I'm getting ready to open up packages for that. Oh, we nice. also have a really sophisticated, high-performance neurofeedback that trains the brain waves into a harmonious state. Uh, and then, of course, the IV nutrients, some really beautiful epigenetic testing. And so there's a multitude of things that we can help you with here uh, just while you're getting your feet wet because, again, it is the unknown. And so... Uh, to give autonomy and options for those who really want betterment uh, but want to take it uh, one step at a time. I love it. I appreciate Thank that. You. That's awesome. You heard that, audience. There's so It's not just what you thought. Here, we're going to go do ketamine and you're going to be cured, yeah. right? There's steps to it. There's other stuff that Christy and, and her staff use to help you get to where you want to go. Perfect. Yeah. So before we go, I get to ask one last question. I ask okay. this of all my guests, right? And that is, Christy, what is one piece of advice you would give my audience to help them grow as a human being and become a better person? Mm. To fall in love with yourself. You know, that was funny because I did a group earlier today that was all about loving yourself. Mm -hmm. The universe is aligned for me today. I had a wonderful <laughs> guest. Thank you so much, Christy. This has been such an, an awesome time. And I know we could have kept going for hours and hours and hours. And um, But thank you for what you shared with my audience and me. Uh, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Um, so you heard it, everybody. If Christy made you think, if she made you laugh, if she made you just go like I always say, hmm, right? If you <laughs> learn something from her, please leave a five-star review over on iTunes so people can find the podcast. And until next time, be the best you can be. And Christy, again, thank you so much for being here. We'll see you all next time. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the fearless happiness lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnates.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.